Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We have a baseball season a couple weeks on the way. All's well for now. Unless, of course, you're Steven Madsen and the New York Mets. You got the NHL and the NBA. They're doing their thing. But there's a whole lot of uncertainty about what this football season could look like. College football, the NFL is technically, what, five weeks away? It sure doesn't feel like it. So I figured it'd be a good time to welcome in our betting guru. Right now, the White Sox are doing what they need to do. I'm not in love with the start, but listen, they're right in the mix, scoring runs. They get the pitching straightened out. They'll hit their over. So let's welcome in from NBC Sports Chicago, sports betting extraordinaire, Sam Panionovich. What's up, Sammy? How are you, bud? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're that upset about the White Sox? No, I would say, listen, I would prefer they'd be on like an Oakland A's type start. That was one of my other season totals that I really, really liked. No, I wouldn't say I'm upset, Sam. I'm just a little concerned about the pitching. That's all. Okay, here's the deal, though. They have two starting pitchers on the injured list already, three relievers on the injured list. Michael Kopech opted out like a month before the season. And then their third baseman, Yoan Moncada, and their right fielder, Nomar Mazzara got COVID. Um, Nick Madrigal, the rookie second baseman, is on the injured list, and Tim Anderson has been hurt for 10 games. So I, <laughs> there's still technically only one game under 500. I, I know it's not the start that you wanted, but, I mean, if any team has been bitten by the injury or COVID bug, it's the Chicago White Sox. Totally fair. And listen, they still have a couple weeks to get to where they need to be. But as you know, Sammy, I put my faith in your boys. So I'm holding them now to a very, very high expectation. Let's start here from, you know, a quality of play standpoint, from an overall optics standpoint. Have you found it very easy to get into the day-to-day with baseball? Or has it been very, very tough because of, you know, the crazy uncertainty that's going on? COVID, team absences, player absences. I I don't know about you, Sam. With all this crazy stuff going on, I still find myself as captivated, as riveted as ever with a baseball season. It's weird. It's wacky. But, hey, I love it. I forgot how much I miss 
baseball, honestly, until I came back. I've been watching all these games. I mean, I've, I've got the package. I'm hanging out. I'm watching them. Of course, I'm following them as a betting analyst, too. I think it's we're going to get to that swing, though, in about two weeks because, like, the beginning of any baseball season, they're all the same, right? The first 20 or 30 games, usually it's all the same. Like, some team gets hot. Like, look at the Tigers. They're 9-5. and five. All right, the Oakland A's are 12-4. and four. The Marlins are 7-3. and three. The Rockies are 11-4. and four. But over the course of a buck 62, man, as you know, by the time you get to, like, July 1st or July 15th, everything sort of evens out. We go back to regression. We go back to the teams going to what they should be and what they probably really are, right? The thing that I don't know yet, and nobody knows this because we've never had a 60-game Major League Baseball season, like what happens 30 games in if you're the Los Angeles Angels and you're 10 and 20? Can you climb out of that? I don't know that answer. If you're the Chicago White Sox and you're five games back with 30 to go, can you catch the Twins or the Indians? I, I don't know that yet, and I don't know how the pressure plays in the 60. Nobody knows that, and I think that's going to be a fascinating handicap because some of these teams are so young and dumb, and I say that respectfully. Like, they don't really know what they're doing. Like, the Detroit Tigers are so young, they have no idea what they're doing out there. They're beating all these good teams. They're 9-5 and five right now. They won four in a row. It's, it's almost like it's unknown to them. But I don't know how long you can play that out. Does that last 30? Does it last 60? If they play 60, then guess what? They're in the postseason. I don't think they would make the playoffs in the buck 62. But because it's 60, there's so many things that can happen. And I think the unknown and the uncertainty makes it that much more riveting, not only as a baseball fan, but as somebody who's following this day-to-day as a betting analyst. For any of these surprise teams, quote-unquote, is there one that you've watched, Sam, over the first two or three weeks where you're like, wow, that might stick, that team, despite the limited and low expectations they had going into the year, might be the real deal? I think the Oakland A's are the real deal. You and I talked about them about a month ago, and I thought combined with you know, this weird year that the Astros have sort of found themselves in where guys are going up to the plate and they're like afraid to getting – Afraid of getting hit, you know, the six and nine right now. The offense has not been as good as it has been. Uh, the run differential is only plus one. I thought it would be a weird year for them, on top of the fact that they, hey, by the way, lost the World Series. So it, it's just, it's a weird year for them. And I thought the Oakland A's had a chance to be really good. I didn't think they'd start 12 and four, but I did make a bet on them at three to one to win the division. And I looked at a couple of exotics actually the other day. I think it was like three days ago. I looked on one of the offshore books. They had the A's and the Cubs to meet in the World Series. This is the exact World Series matchup. The A's and the Cubs were 125 to 1. Still, I think that number has gone down a little bit. It's probably like 75 or 80 to 1 right now. But because of the infatuation with the Yankees and the Dodgers that you and I have also discussed, everybody thinks it's going to be Yankees-Dodgers, you have value on every other team. So I think the Oakland A's are for real. They are contenders. I think they're going to win this division. I bet them win this division. I think if you can find Oakland and pair them with a team in the National League, I don't know if it's Atlanta, if it's Chicago, which I brought up, if it's San Diego with maybe the best young player in baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., try and find Oakland, maybe not only to win the World Series outright, but find them with a team across the pond or across the, the league, if you will, in the National League that you can pair them with and roll that into a World Series future bet. You're a Chicago guy. The Cubs have gotten off to a very good start. We know there are a lot of brand names on that team, but new manager, 
I still have a whole lot of questions about that bullpen, how they're going to piece it together at the end of these games. Sam, are you buying the fast start from the Chicago Cubs? I'm not buying it, and here's why. They've played the Brewers, they've played the Reds, they've played the Pirates, and they've played the Royals. <laughs> what are those four teams all have in common? They all suck. I think things will go back to normal. I, of course, I did make a position on the Cubs. They went under 32 and a half wins, and that's not looking great. But I stand by the fact that they have been they've been barely surviving in games. They beat the Pirates four to three. Then they beat them two to one. They beat the Royals two to nothing, five to four. You know, all these games are closer than they should be. They beat the Reds eight to seven. The Brewers two to one. You know, like all these games are close. And there have been many games when they have a three or four run lead and that bullpen just, you know, gets rid of the lead. It's like a tie game or a one run game. That bullpen, when we get into higher and higher pressure situations, it's going to really falter. And when they start playing some good teams, of course, they miss the Cardinals over the weekend, but now they go to Cleveland, they go to the Cardinals again, then it's the White Sox, then you play you know, some better teams in the month of August, you get into September, you got some better teams on there as well. I just, I don't know that they're going to play at this pace. I think it's impossible to expect that. But then again, who knows if the AL and NL Central are as good as people thought. I mean, maybe the Reds aren't as good as we thought. Maybe the Indians aren't as good as we thought. You look at Clevenger and Plesak, they're not with the team because they went out partying uh, in Chicago the other day. So is 10-3, and three, did I expect that? Hell no. 77% baseball, didn't think it was going to happen. I think they're in for a rough awakening, though, when the schedule starts to toughen up a little bit. Okay, let's get to the Cardinals. There is going to be a great unknown whenever they come back. Who the hell knows how many games they were going to play. Do you get the sense, Sam, they come back, they hit the ground running, they almost in a way are inspired by this layoff, or do you think it has a negative impact? They come back, they start playing baseball games again, and they look as flat as can be. I mean, it's impossible to predict, but do you have any idea how you would uh, foresee, I guess, what we get out of St. Louis Cardinals whenever they're playing baseball? Uh, it's a good question. It's one that obviously nobody can answer, but I, I think there's a lot of disdain inside that clubhouse right now, and every time somebody goes into that clubhouse, they worry that either they have it or the person in the locker next to them has it, and I think that that can weigh on a team. I think it's certainly something else to consider. Have they even been, like, we know they've been going in, you know, practicing a little bit, but have these pitchers, I mean, have they are they doing their homework still? Are guys even getting reps in are they swinging the bat as much as they can like i don't know these things and i follow all the cardinal beat writers and it's like all you see is yeah well this guy tested positive and that guy tested positive and a bunch of more guys like i i haven't seen anything baseball related and that just i know you don't forget fundamentals as a major league baseball player but how can i put my money or your money honestly on a team that i just don't know if they've been you know i don't know if they're going through the motions i don't know if they're attacking the cage for three hours a day. I don't know. And this stuff isn't being made public to me right now. I think 65% chance that they're going to be flat 35. They're not flat, but I don't feel confident putting my money on that team until I know that they're going to be able to pick it back up. Like I'm going to, I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to watch from afar and I'm going to sort of collect my opinions on that. But I can't tell you, they played five games, man. They're two and three. Like I, who knows? I have no idea. Totally fair. Has there been one particular trend 
that you've noticed two, three weeks in, something you've been able to capitalize on that you'd like to share here with the listening audience, Sam? I know you're putting the research in, you're putting the time in. Is there one specific element in this early going into baseball season that you, at the very least, think is, dare I say, worth sharing? I think the pitching trends are worth monitoring. And here's one that I've been playing almost blindly. I don't know if you know this. Maybe I didn't text it to you off the air. But the Cleveland Indians have played 17 baseball games this year. And you look at their record. Aren't they 10-7? and seven, Just about where they should be because their win total was about 33. Have you seen their totals this year? Because they can't hit. And they pitch the baseball better than anybody from top to bottom. The unders this year in Cleveland games are 14-3. and three. I got to get on that, Sam. I've been missing out on that trend. Next well, time, here's you, you got to pass that along, baby. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, if a team gets hot in baseball, and you know this because you bet baseball, the Yankees get hot in baseball, you're going to move them from minus 180 to minus 220. And then the public avalanche comes in, and by the time the game plays, it's minus 250. So you're not getting anywhere near market value. Good thing about the totals is that you really only you can move them a half a run, but you can't make them too low. Like I can move a favorite on juice, I can move it from two to two fifty to three dollars, and it doesn't really matter. But I can't move an Indian total, and these totals have been like eight, eight and a half. I'm not going to drop the total to six. I'm not going to drop it to seven. So bookmakers still have to adjust for you know even money. I mean, they have to take you know money on both sides of that, especially with the totals, which aren't as popular as the sides are and the, you know, the money lines, it's really interesting because the totals have dipped a little bit, but it's not from nine to seven or eight to six. It's, you know, it's, it's, instead of making it eight, you make it seven and a half. So they're making it 10, you make it nine. They're still playing games three to one, four to two all the time. And that pitching staff from start to finish from the first inning in the ninth inning, I think they're the best in the game and their offense certainly isn't doing jack. So that's a team Look at those Cleveland totals. 14 out of 17 have gone under. Now, that's not sustainable, but more times than not, they are going to be under in 2020. Sam Panayanovich, check him out, NBC Sports Chicago. Okay, Sam, we are now basically four weeks away from what is normally supposed to be the start of the college football season. You came on with me throughout the fall last year. We had some fun, whether it was LSU-Alabama, bowl games, this, that. I mean, don't even get me started because I am starting to get some serious FOMO thinking about what last fall looked like and what this current fall is going to look like. Gut feel at this point. Are you and I in mid-November talking any sort of college football? I hope so, but I'm getting more and more doubtful by the minute because I just I don't think that you're going to get all of these universities in these conferences on the same page. I mean, look at the Big Ten, for example. I woke up to a text this morning and said, oh, we're screwed. And you saw the report about a couple of teams in the Big Ten saying that, yeah, we're not going to play and the season's going to be over. But then you look at what Scott Frost at Nebraska says. And he's like, yeah, like we don't need the Big Ten. We're going to play. Um, I saw this wacky theory where it's like you just take all the Power Five schools that want to play and just, like, put them in a bubble and play football that way. Now, if that's possible, hell yeah, sign me up right now. But can we do that? I I don't even know. I don't know what's possible, J.J., and that's the problem. Do I think we're going to have every conference playing football in the Power Five? I don't think so. But is it possible, say, if, you know, Illinois or Indiana doesn't want to play, can Northwestern play? Can Ohio State play? And if that's the case, where do they play? I think if you do what a lot of these bubbles, I mean, look at the NHL bubble. They just put another release out today. They tested 2,000 more people and nobody came back positive. So if you do it the right way, NBA bubble, NHL bubble, 
it'll work. But then on the other side of that, look, these guys aren't, they're not professional athletes, right? How are we going to pay for all this? Well, like they're not, they're not being paid to play. They're supposed to go to school. They're student athletes. So can we put them in a bubble? Like, I don't know. There are like, I wish I had a law degree to decipher all this information because I just don't know what's possible. I would love to have Ohio state and Oregon and Louisville and Alabama, you know, playing in some bubble somewhere. But I, I just don't think it's possible where it is in professional sports with professional players that are being paid millions of dollars. It's different in pro than it is in college. I don't feel good about college. I'm holding out hope. I think the NFL is still going to play too much money at stake with the television deals and the gambling and, and the restaurants and the bars. Oh, there's too much money there. And the owners are, are, are going to really find it hard to pull off um, or pull out of the season. But Oh man, I'd, I'd say it's I'd say it's not looking good for college. That's not news. I, I just wish I knew what was possible. I'm not trying to to cop out of your question, but I just I have no idea. That makes two of us because I feel the exact same way. Now, when it comes to the NFL, I, I share your confidence. I think the NFL will find a way to play, but I think for guys like me and you, Sam, trying to handicap and get a sense for you know a feel who's who. Who's playing? Who's not? It is going to be, I think, one of the most challenging and one of the most crazy years of trying to break down games because you think about like the training camp process, you think about the preseason, which will cease to exist. All of these like early reference points that we would have towards thinking about, all right, what given Team X or given Team Y is going to look like, that's not there. That's going to make our lives a heck of a lot harder, dude. Yeah, and I mean, you, you could make that argument for both college or the NFL. I, I, what I'm going to monitor this year more than any other season in the National Football League, not only am I going to look to play dogs, which you know me, I love a good underdog, especially one that's like, you know, in that four to six and a half point range. I think those are like the most prime underdogs to take. Some even plus three, too, you know, from three to six, six and a half, whatever. Um but look at the dogs to win on the money line. I mean, even if you look at week number one, like the Houston Texans right now, I don't love the Texans in this spot, but I'm just giving you an example here. The Chiefs are a 10.5 or an 11-point favorite, which makes the Texans about 4-1 to one on the money line. I mean, why not? Throw a little flyer on that. I mean, you're throwing a fraction of your spread bet, but, I mean, look at some of these teams week one. You can get the Texans at 4-1 to one against the Chiefs. You can get the Browns at 3-1 to one against the Ravens. You can get the uh, – looking at the Packers right now, plus 150 against the Vikings. How about the Cardinals, plus $3 against the 49ers? One of those dogs is going to win outright. And I think in this wild and wacky year, you're going to expect the unexpected. And you're going to look at – I think maybe some of these dogs are going to have a chance not only to cover – but I think a lot of these underdogs are going to be winning outright because it's just not a normal year. And I, when that's the case, what you think is going to happen usually doesn't. Well, and think about it, right? Places like Arrowhead or Seattle or some of the great home field advantages in the NFL, I mean, that's completely negated. And you'd have to figure, Sam, your friends out in the desert, the guys who are sending these lines, the gals who are setting these lines, they're going to be wise to that, right? Like, you don't think come week one, the home field advantage that you would normally get in a Kansas City or a Seattle against the number is going to be the same it would be with nobody in the stands, right? It can't be. Yeah, and you're going to be pumping in crowd noise. And I don't even know if that's in the stadium or that's over the television. Area. Like, I don't even know. I don't really even care. But, yeah, I mean, home field, I had a discussion with a buddy of mine the other day about Seattle. Let's say, for example, Seattle's playing Team X. 
if they should be minus four in a normal year, what is the true spread without the home field? Like, it's not four. I don't even know that it's three. Like, now you put it down to two and a half. But guess what? Like, now that changes everything, right? I mean, you can't make the spread Seattle minus four, but do you make it three? I mean, is is Seattle worth a point or is it worth more? But now we're crossing through a key number on fans. And I like I don't know that these bookmakers can't know what to do. They can't because they've never experienced this. So that plays into my point that if you find an angle or a trend or something that you like, this is the year to test it out because these bookmakers are going to be adjusting more than ever on the fly. That's Seattle question. Like, how do you answer that question? If Seattle's minus four on a, on a home field advantage with fans everywhere, what are they without fans? Are you going to cross through the three? Really? Like, are you going to do that over fans? Some bookmakers will. Some bookmakers won't. And, and the money's going to tell the story because the way the games are bet is the way the market saturates. These lines go up on a Sunday. They go up on Sunday after all the games are played, and you can bet them Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The money will dictate the closing line. But how do these lines open? It's really, really curious. It's a curious situation, let's put it that way. Last time I had you on the show, we were all over the idea of taking Kansas City because the value was just so good. It was like, take the number, stash it, you're getting Patrick Mahomes and that team. And listen, there are hedge possibilities galore, and I think you nailed that. When it comes to an over-under or a season total, is there one a month out, five weeks out, Sam, that has caught your eye immediately, or are we not at that point yet? Well, I mean... I put a list together of like my overrated and underrated teams. And I think, you know, not to answer your question in a different way, but I'm going to be looking to avoid these three teams week to week, Bills, Buccaneers, and Ravens. I think they're all overrated for, for obvious reasons. And then the three underrated teams this year, I think, are the Bears, the Browns, and the Cowboys. Um, but as far as the totals, because that's what you asked, uh, the Bengals total. I mean, their total's five and a half. They were two and 14 last year. Is a rookie quarterback going to make that team four wins better? <laughs> like, are we we're moving them to five and a half with Joe Burrow? Ugh, um, I, I don't like that total. The Raven total, I can't stand eleven and a half. I want to go under, but I hate that number. I wish it was a little higher. Um, one team I really like under, I think they're going to regress a lot, and there's finally tape on the quarterback, the Tennessee Titans. They went 9-7 and seven last year. The win total opened 8.5. Some books have 8. Um, that's not good for them. Um, and then the one team that I really like this year, I think the combination of offensive line, um, head coach slash play caller, and quarterback, I think it's really going to bode well for the Indianapolis Colts with a healthy Phillip Rivers that will actually be upright with that massive and physical athletic offensive line led by guys like Quentin Nelson. He's going to have time to throw to guys in space. The defense has gotten better the last two seasons under the new D.C. Matt Eberflus. I think the, the Colts at 7-9 and nine last year opened up 8.5. Some books have 9 right now. I think that team wins that division. I think they can win 10 or 11 games in a very weak AFC South with the Jaguars, with the Titans, and with the Texans. I think the Colts could win 10 or 11 this year. I think that number, 8.5 or 9, I think it's too low. Sam Panionovich over at NBC Sports Chicago. Sammy, before we get you out of here, I've been all in on the NHL postseason bubble. I think it's been great. I think the games have been fun. Uh, I'm going to be into it when the Islanders are taking on the Washington Capitals come Wednesday. Is there a particular 
future series price, something NHL related that you're going to be involved with and that you'd like to share? Well, I did give out on Twitter and I gave it out here in Chicago everywhere I could. I gave out the Blackhawks to win the series uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. And that was like plus 155, plus 160. I thought that was a great series because I thought there was going to be too many chances on both sides. I didn't respect either defense, okay? And I also talked about those games going over. Uh, They played four games. Three to four went over the posted total for goals. The last one should have gone over. There were like three goals in ten minutes, and then they barely scored the rest of the way. The Blackhawks, as much as it pains me to say this, they are in for a rude awakening against a Vegas team that is arguably the best defense remaining right now in the playoffs they are so good in their own zone and they have a great goaltending tandem with flurry and or robin leonard i'm not saying lay the 270 or 250 with vegas but i think they're going to clamp down and slow the blackhawks just sort of crush them like a bug but it's going to be a slow death and i'm not saying lay the chalk but i'm saying look at some of these totals vegas is going to be winning some of these games two to one three to nothing four to one and these totals are going to be high because it's the Blackhawks and they score a lot of goals. Look for those Chicago-Vegas unders, those first couple games. I'm going to bet them pretty well. I think those games are going to be low, slow, and Vegas is going to squeeze the life out of Chicago. They're not going to be flying up and down the ice like they did against Edmonton. This will be a slow, trudging series. Shots will come at a premium, and so will goals. I like the Vegas-Chicago unders early in that series, at least until the books adjust. Sammy, I love it. Listen, appreciate the perspective. Appreciate the insight. Let's get those White Sox rolling, dude. I need a couple wins to feel good about that total, so I'm counting on you to make sure you bring that home. Forget about Rick Renneria. Forget about Eloy Jimenez. I'm counting on you. Yeah, it's, it's all my fault. Let's get, get him healthy. We'll get him healthy, and then let's, let's revisit this in a couple weeks. I like the sound of that. Sammy, stay safe, and hopefully the next time we're on, you know, we're having some fun going through some week one NFL lines. That can't get here soon enough. You got it, baby. Talk soon. They have a good stuff there from Sammy Panayanovich. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.